Hi, everybody. Welcome to Live from the Table, the official podcast for the Comedy Cellar and Raw Dog Laugh Button Network. Um, I'm usually, this is Periel. I'm sitting in for Dan Natterman, who has a quote unquote corporate gig, and our other host, Noam Dwarman, the owner of the world famous comedy seller. I am generally not the one to do these introductions. <laughs> and now you know why. Welcome to the show, everybody. I am joined by um, my dear friend and one of my favorite comedians, and also I think my first comedian friend at the seller. Um, Danny Cohen. Hi, it's so good to be here. It's so good to I, be I here. I like it, just us. I feel like this is our own show now. Like well, we can we can just hijack and go and lose our mind. This is it. The guys aren't coming back. Nope. Nope. And we've got we've got Ariel here. So it's gonna be even more fun. Sorry yeah. To, sorry to intrude. No, we um oh, and we also amazing. we also have um Ariel. <laughs> it's Ariel. Mm -hmm. Ariel Elias, um, who was described by the New York Times, and also we discussed at length not that long ago, as a quote-unquote sly young comic from Kentucky. A local comedian says her hands were shaking when an audience member threw a beer at her over the weekend, but somehow she didn't show it. CBS 2's Ali Bauman sat down with a comedian who shared how she stayed cool to handle that heckler. I'm so insecure. I went and got an ID. This is how Saturday night ended for comedian Ariel Elias with someone throwing a full can of beer at her during a set. She picks it up and chugs it to roaring applause. My favorite sort of thing is that I finally figured out that it's Ariel. You have a whole thing about this and not Ariel. Right. Yeah. I and I said Ariel, right, because I say ah a lot. Well, no, I mean, your I name say, is. But it's Ariel. Right? It's so complicated. Okay. It's such a, because I, you know, my parents are from New Jersey, and so they do the ah, mm. that sound. But I grew up in Kentucky. Nobody can do that sound. They do the air, usually. Um. So. And does anybody call you Ari for short? No. Like one person. Maybe. I always, if I if I had realized it's such a cool that's such a cool nickname, Ari. And I never when I went I what a missed opportunity when I yeah, went to college. Yeah, yeah. It's not too late. All right. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sure this topic has been like done to death and I'm sure you're sick of talking about it. But I don't know that our listeners have heard any of this story before. Maybe they have because it's been everywhere, but you recently got a beer can chugged at you. Sure. So uh, I was doing a show in New Jersey. A, uh... Wait, how sick of you were telling this? Like, are you sick of this? You know, she was just like, do the abridged version so we could just fill everything. Sure, I can do it. My eyes will roll back. Okay. And I'll just hit play. Um, did a show. It was going fine. Uh, I got into a back and forth with a heckler um, where she asked me if I voted for Donald Trump. And I said, what do you think? And then we got into it a little bit. I thought it was done. And then her husband threw a um, a hard seltzer at me and uh, it missed. It hit right next to me, right next to my head. And then I picked it up and I drank it. It was it was almost full. Yeah, I think it was well because that club is BYOB. Mm -hmm. So I think it was unopened. Right. Oh, wow. It was heavy. Like when mm -hmm. it smashed. At the wall, I'm like, oh, my God, he could have, like, heard her. It wasn't even like I had a uh, an empty can thrown at me, like, 25 years ago. You know, 
before social media. But <laughs> it was an empty can. I'm so an sorry for can. your Yeah, and it sort of just like landed on the stage, sort of like bounced, like, you know, really just no non-threatening, but like also like, what are you doing throwing a can at me? But that was scary. That was yeah. crazy. So and first a hero. Heroic. It was a rock and star move. I mean, rock star move. It was Come a total on. chugging it. Oh, right. yeah. so, so first of all, what really I loved was that the person said to you, um, you're like, why do you think that when they're like, you voted for Biden? She goes, I can tell by your jokes. And you said, and this was amazing. You go, well, I can tell that you voted for Donald Trump because you're still talking and nobody wants you to. Yeah. Which was fucking killer. Thanks. And you got a lot of crowd support, which was it. surprising because it was a very conservative crowd. Like a lot of people in that room voted for Donald Trump. But I think nobody wanted to talk. Nobody wanted to talk about it. Right. And you also weren't doing like anything about that. Like, no, I wasn't talking about politicians. I never really do. I was talking about birth control and um access to it and mm -hmm. what I use, which now is like very political, even though it shouldn't be right. Mm -hmm. Like our, our body should not be political, but, um, but they are. So I guess in that sense, I was talking oh, about something right. political. Cause but you're I, a baby killer. Yeah. Cause I have an IUD. <laughs> How dare I? So, and then what happened after that? So you thought that it was, did you think it was like over? Like it was a heckler. I mean, that happens, Danny. I thought you would be a great person to talk to because you have had all sorts of things. Well, for, is this the first time uh, you've been heckled before? Have, have totally right. Yeah. Is this the first time anybody threw anything at you at stage? Yes. Do you do you ever do, are you ever concerned about that? Did that ever cross your mind, like of getting shot on stage or someone throwing a chair at you? I think every room I go into, it's like, <laughs> what's the exit in case somebody walks? You know, like I, I for a long time I couldn't go to movies because I would have panic attacks, thinking like there's going to be an active shooter. Right. Um. But otherwise, not like more than normal in an enclosed space. But right. you clock the room. I mean, yeah. you're on a stage. I mean, you guys have been doing this much longer than I have, but you're on a stage like you want to know what your situation, what your exit might be. Right. Yeah. Well, it depends on the club. Like, you know, when I'm at the cellar, it's it's a policed room. Right, I never sure. have any. I'm not worried about anything like that happening at the cell. It doesn't even cross my mind. But if you're, you know you know, going around uh, middle America or anywhere out of outside of the cosmopolitan cities where, you know, nothing is policed and people are doing whatever they want to do and they want to have fun and they think that they're part of the show. Or they think right. that it's going to be exciting or, or that, you know, I don't know. They want to take things in their own hand. <laughs> right. 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 Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what people are thinking. I mean, I think that's so insane what he did. And I, I it's shocking What's also shocking is that is our I want to know more about this couple. Are yeah. they a, a happily married couple? Does she hate him secretly? Were they trashed? They were so trashed. But I think I mean it really is one of those moments of like there's somebody for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, they were on the same page, you know. Were like, they? She started the fight and he finished it, uh, right? Like yeah. that's now the seller's that's very kind of beautiful. Right. Yeah, that's okay. amazing. Good uh, for you guys. Romance isn't dead, you guys. <laughs> it's just different. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, because that was my question. I'm like, who who's the couple? Like, who are these people? How old were Probably they? Least. I'm assuming they were white. I don't know why. <laughs> well, everybody in that club was white. Um, they I don't know how old they were, but I know they were there for a 30th birthday party. Okay. So I assume everybody was around that. They were also there for a Mexico themed birthday. Oh no. So all of the women were wearing fake mustaches 
you know, like how they do in Mexico. And they had brought sombreros that the club Stop owner, it the, right now. But the club owner put his foot down and he said, no, no, we have rules in this place. <laughs> you can't wear hats. This is a classy establishment. Sure. No hats. How old were, How old were they around? I, th- I mean, I think they were all somewhere in their 30s, early 30s like, like yeah. late 20s, early 30s. Was there security in the room? No, no, never. Just the club owner and two very sassy waitresses who I do think would have gone to blows for me. So what happened after how many people were in the room? Was it full? It, it was like it's not a big club. Have you been there? Danny? What? It, where was it? Sorry. Uh, it was in South Jersey. Um, I don't want to say the name. Okay, don't. they've gotten enough publicity. Um, but- of, they've gotten <laughs> enough press off of me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was in South Jersey on the on the shore. Okay. Um, I I guess there were probably like fifty people there. It was it was full, not sold out. It's okay. a pretty small room. Okay. Um, they were sitting in the back, and they were like a party of like I don't know, fifteen or twenty. Oh, to begin with. I know. So they're also like half the room. <laughs> right, right, right. And they like thought that they were smart and funny and man I don't know like we got there at around 7 45 for a nine o'clock show and they were already there the club is BYOB so they were already they were already pretty drunk I actually took a little video before the show started of them and you can see one girl is just passed out oh that's amazing Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) okay so they throw the beer can and then what happened did the Please tell me they got kicked out of the show. They walked out. They uh, supposedly I've heard different stories Okay, of whether or not the woman who was heckling had been thrown out or just left. And then her husband or boyfriend threw the can and then he just walked out. You can see it on the video. He's just like walking. Out. I would I would think that they would walk out. It's like you throw and then you walk, you know, right. throw and then sit there. <laughs> Next joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because no, you, you have to leave. You were opening or featuring? Was featuring, yeah. For, for Gianmarco Sorezzi. Right. Another seller reg. So then he had to get, ha- like, was that towards the end of your set? Because then Gianmarco had to go up. Mm-hmm. I had another, I had another five minutes, which I did. You're such, you're so good. I mean, time is time, you right. know? Yeah, Stage yeah. time, <laughs> baby. Uh, we don't take it for granted. Also, I, I've said this a few times already, but my, I sell stickers when I, when I do the road and one of my stickers, my best selling one is based on my closer. So I felt like I still had to do the closer in order to get them to buy the sticker. Nice. And I felt like they would buy extra stickers because maybe they would feel bad for me. Um, <laughs> That's I also, a good Jew. <laughs> I also do a, I do pay whatever you want. So I was like, I think some $20 bills are coming my way. <laughs> um, uh, you come out with new stickers uh, since then? I haven't yet, but I want to make koozies. I feel like I have to make. Koozies. Oh, that's so good. Of course you do. I mean, that makes the most sense. I kind of want to do like an image of me chugging the beer with like the world on fire behind me. It's good. We'll see. I like it. So you, there's no way in the world that you thought after this, like you were there, you guys finished the show mm-hmm. that this was going to go like absolutely fucking <laughs> ape shit bananas. No, no, no. I, I, I figured it would get me like a few hundred more followers. Um, I didn't know that it was going to be what it was. It's and, so sick the way we think. <laughs> well, immediately I was just like, think that's going to make a great clip. That was my first thought. Yes, yes. And then in the car on the way home, I was like, I know this is a little fucked up, but like, I feel like like a real road comic now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I've been doing the road for a long time now, but this was the first where yeah, I'm just like, really great, done. I fucking like have it. a story now. Yeah, it's like getting mugged on the subway. Then exactly. You feel like I'm, a, I'm finally a New Yorker. Right. Oh my God. The first time a guy shows you his dick on the subway yeah. and you didn't ask for it, you're like, yeah. I live here. Yeah. This is yeah. my address. Uh, what are the top like three things that are great that came out of this uh, that 
No. Um, I'm doing Kimmel on Monday. Oh my God. That's pretty great. That's awesome. Very exciting. I've been trying to get on late night for a couple of years now. Um, I got like a bunch of followers, so I think I can no longer, I don't think I have to feature anymore. I think I can headline reliably. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's great. Okay. Those two things are phenomenal yeah. <laughs> right there. That's I met Sherry Shepard. I was on her show. That was pretty cool. Okay, great. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I don't have to lie about my credits anymore now. I think that's the... <laughs> Whenever people are like, what do I say for you? I just go like, I don't know. I say Comedy Central. It's not true. I've never been on Comedy Central. <laughs> I don't lie anymore. <laughs> that's amazing. Now, I really wonder where this couple is. Like, I would love to have a sit down with them. And invite them over for Thanksgiving. No, but just be like, <laughs> you know, now you guys are sober and also thank you. Right. Yes. R- right. Yeah. And what do you have to say for your, for, I mean, like that's such abhorrent behavior, right? Like what kind of bullshit is that? What have you gotten thrown at you? Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, these things can happen. I mean, people are crazy and, and they'll do anything they want. So, yeah, I mean, you know. What did you do when somebody threw a can at you? The empty can. I called me a faggot and then threw a can at me. And then I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be a great show. <laughs> at the beginning of your set? And nobody laughed. It was in the beginning of my set. And, and it just, you know, the whole audience just, they just shut down. It, it just destroyed the room. And I knew this. I'm like, oh, so you're going to let a can and, uh, you know, you know, uh, him calling me a faggot to really shut you guys down. And then I tried getting them back, but I just um, sort of bombed away. And I was also featured with middling. So I just did as best as I could. And then I got off stage and that was it. Do you remember where you were? What club it was? It was, I'm going to say it was, uh, it was. For some reason, I don't know if it was Bananas in Poughkeepsie. I love that name. But but it was something like that. Okay. Yeah. It was in those, it was like 20, really 25 years ago. Yeah. Oh. Maybe we could reenact it and put it on social media. <laughs> yeah, I'll retweet it. <laughs> Hers is much better. The, uh, honestly, a, a full can of beer and then chugging it. I mean, I, mine was just an empty can. Just went, <laughs> just went on the, it was not, it was just uneventful or nothing it was a gift it was a gift yeah it was a gift Sadaka. it would have been a whole different it would have been a whole different ball game if it if it hit you. no no no. i if I mean, it had hit me i mean it goes from like a cool clip to right. post to like evidence right right like that's the difference right and i don't think you would have gotten kimmel if you i mean do you think you <laughs> no i think i, I don't got hit in the head <laughs> i don't think i would have been able to like form words if i had gotten you, hit in the head right it would have been like I don't know. Shock. I mean, no, you could really get hurt. I mean, you yeah, could have yeah. gotten hurt anyway. Hold on. Hold on. Do you think that if you got hit, you think you could have gotten the Tonight Show? <laughs> I think maybe if Ellen still had her show, right. I could have gotten on Ellen. I, I, you could have even gotten yeah. on Oprah if you yeah, got hit sure. in the face. Oh. Especially well, if I was like permanently damaged. Yeah. Oh my God. Like paralyzed. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You'd have gotten a special. I would have. I would have gotten HBO <laughs> stuff for sure. A special. Yeah. <laughs> They would have arranged it. Ah. Damn it. <laughs> okay, wait. So then what happened? So at what point did you realize that this had gone like totally insanely viral? Um, I think when, when Whitney Cummings DM'd me and was like, call me and then gave me her phone number. I was like, okay, wow. thanks. My, this is a little crazy. Yeah. Thanks for taking off. And then I got like, well, first I got well, you posted the clip, right? I posted the clip. And then like you. And then I went about my day. Right. Um, 
And then, I mean, it, it didn't take long. Like, it really, it was like 45 minutes later. And suddenly you're like. And my I husband have... was just like, what the fuck is happening? Um, and then I, I was getting emails. I'm not wrapped. So I was I was just fielding all the emails. You weren't anyway. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still not, but she does have meetings set up. Um, but I, I got an email from BuzzFeed about it. And I was like, okay, pretty cool. And then I got an email from Rolling Stone. And I was like okay pretty cool <laughs> and then i got an email from cnn and i was like okay yeah. <laughs> okay you're like hello this is uh, ms elias's assistant how can i help you yeah. <laughs> um wow so, and what was your life before all of this like what was like you, the like, day before yesterday yeah. like, what was like you know what was going through your mind in, in the comedy world and your life in, in the comedy world before this um i think a lot that was going through my mind was like gosh I hope Esty likes me, you know, <laughs> like, man, like just trying to fill out my calendar, starting to headline, trying to figure out like that balance of I need to work on 45 minutes, but I also need to make money. And that's very hard to do at the same time in the beginning. Mm. Um, you know, I'd like to record an album in the spring. Like that's like on my goal sheet. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I had to check off a lot of things on my goal sheet this week, which was very nice. Mm, that's that's wonderful. Problem. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so I, I don't know. It's like, I've been working for a while. Like I've been, you know, yeah, you've been working it. for, a, especially given how old you are, which is pretty young. Mm, 33. Young. Like youngish. Um, young. This is a really beautiful thing that happened. Yeah. It's, it really is. It, it happened at a really great time in your career, you sure. know? Because you really, you're working hard. You're really pushing forward. You're trying to get to the next step, and mm -hmm. then this happens, and the next step is given to you. Right. And how beautiful is that? That's really. great. Yeah. Especially now, where like you know, what's your social media following is like everything. Right. For getting booked, which is we talked about this last time. Yeah. It's the most annoying thing. Mm -hmm. I I think last time too, I was like, I don't even know how to do it. <laughs> um, and it turns out you just have to get something thrown at you. Right. Right. You know, it's just. It's, but it's so interesting, right? It's a great story, and 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 happens a lot, and we don't realize it. But bad things, well, things that seem like a real slap or a real. I mean, this was really quick. It, like you didn't really get hurt. It was just shocking. You you, you were very. Uh, also, you were really rock and roll about it. You chugged it. It was great, you know, and all that. But you know, even when things do hurt you, like really bad, you know, sometimes it's great. Um, I remember someone got. Um, I had a friend of mine that fell down the stairs and had to get X, but she was fine, but then had to get x-rayed and then they found cancer <gasps> and they would have never found, but it was on stage mm -hmm. two, but they would have never found it had she not pulled down the stairs. Mm -hmm. So it's also like all of comedy. We're all constantly taking our traumas and like the terrible things that have happened to us and turning it into comedy. Right. Like, right. like that's what we do. Mm. Listen, a beer can could not have been thrown at a nicer person. Wow. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> so nice. So what else? Um, what else? Well, what's going on with you? You were, yeah, you were. Uh, nothing. I'm back. I'm still waiting tables. That's fine. There's um, nothing wrong with that. The grind, the breakfast and lunch shift, 5 a.m., Times Square, it's nauseating, back on the subways, back and forth, Brooklyn, Times Square, back to Brooklyn, back to the cellar, back and forth, back, like, I, yeah, MetroCard, MetroCard, MetroCard. <laughs> um, you don't do tap to pay? You're not on that board yet? I'm not on that board yet. No, someone, 
I was talking to two of my friends, like, don't do it, don't do it. I'm like, okay, because if it doesn't go through or sometimes they double, they double tap you, they double scam you. I'm like, I have one friend who's really paranoid and told me not to do it because she got charged four times, double paid. I'm like, oh, okay. So I don't understand what that's all about. You, you have MetroCard or you tap? I'm, I'm tapping. She has a driver I now. I should, <laughs> I should move to tapping. I should do it. I have a MetroCard. You don't tap. We should tap. I don't want to tap. I like my Metro card. I got it. Mm. I just kept having a thing where my Metro card, every now and then it would just like deactivate for no reason. Really? Yes. And I would swipe it and they would tell me there was nothing I could do about it. Right. And you would have Mm. like $30 on it or whatever. Or an unlimited. I mean, I was getting like a monthly unlimited. Yeah, that's what I do. That feels scandalous. Right. That happened to me a couple of times. So really it balances out. I should get tapped because it's the new thing and I should. If you're, I mean, I would like to talk a little bit about the script that you wrote. Okay. Because I feel like that's sort of part and parcel of what we're talking about. Like we're sort of grinding away and hoping. And I mean, I think part of it is you have to show up and do the work, right? Mm -hmm. But also, so Danny wrote a movie script. Can I don't I don't want to. Is there anything I can't say? You don't care. Okay, whatever you want. He wrote an amazing script called Danny Boy, Mm -hmm. which I read. I couldn't put it down. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's so funny and it's poignant and can say what it's about a little bit. Um, it's about childhood wounds. It's about it's a it's a based on my life and uh, growing up without a dad, losing a dad when I was I was five years old, and I grew up with some wounds and I'm stuck with them. You know, as an adult, we carry things from our childhood, and if and sometimes it's so subtle. Sometimes we don't realize that that's what's really holding us back. We're in our we're in our own way. We're on Mm -hmm. right, and you like, and you don't understand why. And so, I I I, uh, went uh, to a lot of therapy over over the years, and um, and you know whatever I let it go. And you know you 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 know you march forward. You're like, all right, I'm not going to hold on to all these wounds. And yeah, sometimes you have to let it go. And so, but then I was still I'm still stuck. And I still have these wounds. And I, so I wrote a movie about it. And is the movie, is it you as a grown-up? Yeah, the flashbacks. Goes, it's a grown-up and then me as a kid and grown-up, me as a kid and back and forth. And I love movies like that. It's like a popcorn movie. It's a mm-hmm. fun movie, you know, and, uh, and that uh, sort of like split. It, very 80, it takes place in the 80s as a, as a kid to early 80s. Um, I don't know if I love that you called a popcorn movie. It feels like a little bit condescending to be honest really? a, a little bit a little bit um, like see. i say that like about mermaids is a popcorn movie okay popcorn's but... my favorite food yeah and it's like you know you want to enjoy it you go in and you have a really good time and you walk out crying and you laugh a little bit and you cry a little bit and it's a it's just like a feel-good movie but it's hopeful and it's a really okay all right yeah. Yeah. maybe i was missing it's not like an oscar it's not going to win an oscar I mean, I didn't write an Oscar movie. I, I wrote a fun movie that's going to make you cry and make you laugh and then make you feel like a million bucks when you walk out. That's oh, what I want. That's really nice. Yeah, it's all, you know, I want you to feel great when you walk out of the movie and I want you to cry. And I also want you to laugh during the movie. So that's it. And so then I was saying, well, what's going on what's with this? What, what are you like, what are you doing with this? And you were saying, oh, I don't know. Well, and I'm projecting a little bit because I have a tendency to do this. I think it's really hard to. I, to champion your own work, I guess. Well, I, you know, I'm not 
I don't know. I'm not represented by anybody, so I can't give the script to anybody to give to anybody. So that's that's not going to happen. So well, then, you can give the script to anybody to give to anybody then. But that's usually that's never going to happen. I don't I don't know if that's true. I don't I don't believe that people give scripts to other people. Like, I don't believe that people do other. I don't that's not I don't. Ariel, well, I don't know. I've never written a script. Mm-hmm. Um, Would you consider trying to make it on your own like or like at least make a few scenes and like put those out and see if you could get it crowdfunded or something yeah like maybe 10 years ago i would have done that i've i've because i did all that i did all i did all that and and just so much failure (laughs) so much failure and you just it's like it gets exhausting the the failure after failure after failure after failure it's so much fail. It's just so much failure. <laughs> but like, and I'm still here with hope. So it's like, not that I, I didn't give up, but it's just, I, I feel just, I, it's going to happen. I just don't know how it's going to happen, but I, I can't really make another move. I wrote it and that's as much as I can do. Can right I ask, now. Is it failure or is, or is it rejection? Because I feel like failure implies that you've done something wrong. Whereas rejection just implies that you weren't right for like they didn't accept it somebody didn't accept it um it's made me a mix of both i may have done a lot of wrong i may have, but i don't believe in that i so it's i like the word failure because uh you know it's an easy word for me it doesn't hurt me mm. um because rejection it, does rejection what's worse failure or rejection to me <sighs> I think worse. I think rejection is worse than failure. Mm. Failure. If everybody fails, we all fail. I mean, we constantly fail, and then we keep going. I mean, that's what we do. Otherwise, we'd all be dead. I, mean, I think life that, is all about failing. Failing. Well, first of all, I'd like to point out that I believe it was the owner of Starbucks who had like fifty-four failed businesses. Yeah. Before, so I don't unbelievable. Know. That guy's uh, like that guy's a rock star that he finally, finally succeeded. But that's the only way any of us succeed is like, I mean, I think that we deal with um, maybe an extraordinary amount of rejection and failure in what we do because we put ourselves out there over and over and over and over again in like regular life. It's not really like that. You know, if you're like a doctor, right? it's not like patients are coming to you and they're like, you're the worst oncologist <laughs> ever. Like, <laughs> it just doesn't work like that, right? Right, doesn't, no. So, And like we bring it on ourselves, right? Like we put ourselves in like the exact situation that we are, you know, you, fi- you find your audience, right? Like you find some way to make it happen. So anyway, it's written. If anybody and, wants to read it. Yeah. So to so our three <laughs> listeners, anyone, any three of you can help us. Me. Can I read it? I can't help you, but can I read it? Yeah. Would you like to read it? Yeah, I would love to. Oh, I love that. Okay. I'll send it to you. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Danny. There you I'd go. I'd love to hear what you think about it because I wonder if it's good or if it's not good. I don't know if I over, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So I, I when I, when I, because I, I haven't, I haven't picked it up in like, since COVID. It's a great fucking movie. And Mike, you can see it too. Like you're reading it and Mike, you can see that it's a movie. Oh, okay. That's great. Had you written a movie script before? No, but my jokes are very colorful. I write, 
I, I paint when I, when I write, I paint. It's like, uh, that's how I write. I write like a, like a painter. Hmm. I, I like to paint stories. Okay. So when I, when I, so the script is, is a very colorful, like it really flies off the page. I know when I write, it's like it just comes alive. Uh, and that's how I like to write. So, but I've always written like that, you know, I, you know, I just never got work. I never got work. <laughs> Do you <laughs> sit down and go, I'm going to write a, a yeah. story. I'm going to write this joke out. Well, I've been, you know, I've been toying with the idea of, oh, a joke. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it comes to me and then I, I attach it with a lot of poetry. So yeah, like something will, something funny will happen. And then I'll be like, oh, that's, I like, I like, like, let's say, I don't know, like umbrella. Oh, I love the word umbrella. That could be like a beautiful punchline, something with an umbrella. And then I just write something about an umbrella and then I just sort of color it in. And then that's a joke because all my jokes, nothing is true on stage. <laughs> I, I don't write anything about the truth. On Interesting. Stage. Yeah. My truth would be confusing as hell to the audience. They would just stare at me. They wouldn't laugh. Yeah. My truth doesn't make sense. It's, That's it's not. so interesting to yeah. hear you say, because you're the one who always tells me when I'm like freaking out, like about to get on stage, you're like, just tell the truth. Meaning in, in the moment, just be in the moment. Yeah. Just be honest with what's going on. Yeah. That's as honest as I'll be. I'm always, I, I'm always honest with where I am on stage, but what comes out of my mouth is absolute bullshit. You're just making things up. <laughs> just all making, I'm true. just a, just the bullshitter. I've always been a bullshitter and I love bullshitting. I like this. Why I never that is so funny. got through school. I just bullshitted. I just, I was thrown out of class all the time. He t- you tell like the wildest stories too. And people believe them right. too. You have, you have to make them believable. You That's said that somebody during, during COVID you were telling, you said something that, that you had like a, a family of Wuhanese that had moved into your yeah. building. Yeah, no, they, I, ICE came and <laughs> took them away during, they put them in cages in my hallway and I heard clanging in the hallway and I was like, what's going on? And I opened my door and there were the, and my, my neighbors were in cages being dragged down the hallway and they were stenciling in my kitchen. So they couldn't finish stenciling my kitchen at the time. And they started screaming, we'll come back, we'll come back. And they were being dragged down the hallway in, in, in cages. And then I, so instead I have an unfinished, I have a kitchen that's half stenciled and the wall that's not stenciled. I bought a llama, a painting of a llama. And I put it, I have, it's gorgeous. You would love it. I'll show it to you. I'll send you a picture. When I send you my script, I'll send you the picture of my llama and my half stenciled kitchen. And one of my friends heard this and she was like, do you know that your friend Danny Cohen had like a family of Wuhanese people yeah, stenciling his kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you a fucking moron? <laughs> oh, that's really funny. And did you start that story by looking at your kitchen and you're like, it's half stenciled. What would be a good backstory for why it's only half stenciled? Um, so, yeah, you know, I don't know what came first, the Wuhanese or the stencil. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't. I feel like yeah. the Wuhanese came first and then the stencil came. Boy, you know. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know what came first. That's interesting though, that you, you bullshit all the time, but it sounds like this script is like a very honest, like um, telling of your life. Yeah. The through line, the wound is honest, but the story and, and most of the story is based on the, it's based on a true story. 
it's definitely based on the truth. So in there are a couple of things that I added uh, just because, you know, you're writing a movie. So you have to add scenes. Right. So I added a lot of fun scenes. But um, a lot of the stuff is true. Did um, it feel different writing about something so honest? Um, it's It was hard. It was hard because especially when I, when as a child, writing as a as my as my uh, as a child wasn't hard but writing as an adult was very hard mm. because you don't want to come off writing as if you're writing about it's weird you want to sort of write about a character not about you mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about right uh, right so I, I've, I i it probably still needs polishing that part but the the point got through i think the point is through i mean you know you can always uh, write and rewrite, write and rewrite doesn't end to rewrite, you know, right? Like you can do write it until, it, you, re- drop until dead. you drop dead. So there comes a point I wrote, I rewrote it like four times. I was like, okay, this is, I think, enough for now. And then the point is, it's, it's a good story and or whatever, you know. I um, think that when I'm writing about myself, I'll write anything as well. I mean, I think that the commitment's like to the story. Like, I don't I don't feel like I'm revealing too much whenever I talk about myself. It's always I'm worried about telling too much about like other people because I write mm-hmm. about my family a lot and everybody always gets upset. <laughs> do, why, why do you hold back from talking about yourself? To, I, I don't. I think I think like I'm pretty open talking about myself. Like people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe you wrote that. And I'm like, well, you should imagine what I didn't. Right. You know, like the stories that I don't put in are the ones that I think are the most scandalous. But it's never about me. Like, I don't care. Um, But my family has complained quite a bit over the years that they don't appreciate being written about. You know, everybody has this idea of what they would be like. Everybody wants you to write about them until you actually do. Uh Yeah, I'll I'll write about anybody in my family, but I won't write about my my niece's rape. I, I can't. You'll sure. just you'll just yeah. talk yeah. about this on the radio. Yeah. That on the radio. Right. I can't talk about that, but I'll talk about a lot of other. Th- I'll talk about me until I'm like I just un- until I'm dead in, on stage. Like I don't care. Uh, how do you write, Ariel? How, where do you like? Where, where do you? I do. I do free writes every morning that are garbage, mm. um, and so boring. Mm. And then for how long? Um, from. The second I sit on the subway, I'm on I'm on the last stop or the first stop, depending on how you look at it. Um, and I live in Astoria, so I do from there until we get to uh, until we go underground. So however long that takes. Um, so so whether so sometimes I get on the train and the train immediately the cl- the doors close and we're off and it's you know six minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I sit there, things are delayed. It's fifteen minutes of sitting there and then we go, and I'll do, just either way as soon as we get underground. Just anything, like mm-hmm. pen to paper. Yep, pen to paper. Um, just, just stupid garbage thoughts. But, <laughs> I, but it's not like I no I've judgment. Never, no, <laughs> I mean not while I'm writing it, right? Like now, I mean, every time I look back, I'm just like, God, get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there, yeah. But it's yeah. not as if almost never do I have a joke come from that. Oh, okay. I usually like to think of it as like. I'm clearing out the cobwebs mm. so that jokes can come. Mm. Um, usually that's beautiful. Usually it's like, it's like you have to like clean your apartment in order mm. to like have like a place to write or whatever, which is why anytime I have a packet due, it's the only time my apartments get cleaned. Um, but, but then either, either like an idea will just come 
and I'll just write it down real quick or talking to my husband and I'll write it down real quick. Um, but that's usually, that's usually like, usually the jokes come like I, I write in lines. I don't really do too many stories. I'm more of like a setup punchline. Um, but usually those just come, Okay. but they don't come if I don't do the free writes or they come less often. So you have a notebook. Yeah. What, what brand? Uh, it's you don't not, care. no, I got this one. The one I'm on now, I just got at a thrift store for a dollar. Okay. Do you have a notebook? I used to, and I miss my notebook, but now I write on my phone. Okay. Mm. Um, That's yeah. so hard. I, I find it so hard to not get distracted to not like, cause it's right there. Right. Like I'll just like open Instagram. Well, you know, sometimes it, it, you know, something will come into my mind. I'm like, Oh, I better, I have to write this down. My phone is right there. And I don't mm-hmm. walk around with, I don't have a, a, like, you don't have a backpack or, or backpack. Yeah. Um, so have I have purse. my phone. I, I, I wish I had a purse, but I don't have the purse. How do you write? Let's see. I carry, I usually carry a notebook around with me, but I also use my phone and I feel like it's really hard to like manage all the different places of everything. I think so. You have to choose one. I know. Right. What are you going to, what would you rather the notebook or the phone? I miss my notebook. I think the notebook. I think I like the notebook. Um, I'll also do like voice. Like I'll leave Mm -hmm. myself like voice notes. Yeah, I've done that a couple of times with you. Yeah. 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 It's not my preferred way. Right. Um, There's just something so nice about like finishing a notebook. Yeah. You never finish a phone. Right. Um, The document can be as long as you want it to be. But the, the notebook, it's like I can kind of track my life a little bit based on which notebook I was on. Oh yeah, I remember those days. Yeah. Oh my god. I had <laughs> 25 like when I first started, I had like that notebook, then the red notebook, then there was the yellow note. There were like mm-hmm. notebooks. And like, oh no, that's my old notebook. I don't want to even look at that notebook. That was like my first notebook. Oh my god. And and I have them somewhere. Yeah. I, I have them all be- on my bookshelf. I usually cover them with stickers that I get me too. during that time. Yeah, me too. So I can sort of also like a lot of comedy clubs have stickers. So you mark which clubs you I did at that it. time. It's like a vintage suitcase yeah. that's been around the world. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's gorgeous. And when it's I good. die, somebody needs to burn them. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I do sometimes, this is very narcissistic, but sometimes I'll be writing and I'll think like, what if my, like, what will my grandkids think one day when they read this? Hilarious. They'll think that they've like come upon a treasure trove of grandmama's thoughts. And then they'll open it and they'll just be like, what the fuck was wrong with grandma? <laughs> <laughs> grandma was fucked up. She had problems. <laughs> it's really funny. There's a French brand of a notebook that I love. It's so pretentious and you can only get it at like one store. It's Ooh. called <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly how you know. <laughs> What's the spiral about? Is it like a spiral? Yeah, spot? it's a spiral and it has a couple of folding, like folder pockets. Ooh, it's really good. I like that. Yeah, it's really good. Soft. So it's a soft cover. It's a soft cover. Um, It's called Claire Fontaine or Claire. If you guys want to shout out, call me. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsor her. I would love to be sponsored by Claire a notebook Fontaine. company. Claire Fontaine. Claire Fontaine or something. Like and that. once again, high noon, if you're listening, I am also open to sponsorship. <laughs> what t- is that? A, is that That's a the b- drink that was thrown at me? Oh, shut up. That's brilliant. Yeah, they won't. Yeah. They f- I keep trying to plug it. I've tweeted at them. I said it here. I, I, I said I'm just going to call it a beer until they sponsor me. Oh, yeah. Where somebody is dropping somebody the ball in their marketing department. What flavor? 
I don't know. Somebody else asked me that too. I don't know. What, my dumb answer is like, tastes like MAGA tears, but like, I don't know. <laughs> 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 so fucking stupid. I'm just like, tastes like career bump, buddy. Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, they can make a new flavor for you. Yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. would be phenomenal. They could. Yeah. They MAGA tears MAGA is tears. amazing. <laughs> tastes like MAGA tears. You know what you should do? You should redo the taste like teen spirit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. I'll redo I'll redo the whole song uh-huh. no I'm not trying to they honestly I haven't got somebody asked me like have you gotten a ton of like anti like a bunch of like MAGA people being like fuck you da, da, da. Yeah. I was like no not really not I mean, yet and then I was like well there was this, I, I've gotten a few emails that were like die cunt die but that's normal you know we get oh that all the time yeah, that's general stuff that's not right that's, yeah. I don't think that's specific to this event die cunt die is amazing sure <laughs> can I make those stickers yes die cunt die <laughs> you could do like a sticker pack sure Oh, I love this. I mean, the possibilities are endless. Right. Yeah, Perry, I love merch? this stuff. Huh? Did you ever sell merch? Um, never, but I have ties. Um, Danny's merch is like yeah. $500 a piece. <laughs> Jennifer Franco <laughs> bought a tie for me. That's, he's a doll. They're gorgeous. Yeah, like two, like I think before COVID, he bought a tie for me. Do you make them? I do. I, they're, they're made in New York. They're Danny Cohen ties. Uh, I embro- they're embroidered, so they're pattern on pattern. And they're they're gorgeous. The Danny Cohen ties, I love them. And and I just made them like about a year before the pandemic. And so then I was like, you know, like getting ready. I was like, and then everything uh-huh. just rah, and then nobody's wearing it. Everyone, you know, everyone's wearing sweatpants right. during those two or three years. And I it's hasn't really but people t- are killing them. That's what I'm yes, <laughs> right, know. right. They're right. I did a lot of that, but you know, it works uh, as you just a new make them a little stronger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ties. yeah, you can go in style. <laughs> You know, that's but, great. Go in Danny Cohen ties. You go can, out in style. Yeah, oh, it's so yeah, good. I'll get, I'll get a bunch of emails for that. Uh, but you know, but I have them and I have a, I don't have a lot. I have like 500 pieces. Uh, and I did bring them to a show once, but I don't have a, a joke about my ties. So it was ridiculous. <laughs> well, now you do. And they double as a news. Yeah. Oh, they double. Well, yeah. It was just, you know, in, in pander. It's fun. Right. I have to write a whole bit on that. <laughs> Yeah, just talk about like, and then you hired somebody else to stencil to finish the stenciling because yeah. you didn't think they were gonna come back, but then they killed themselves with your ties. Right. <laughs> you found them hanging in your apartment. If something ever comes up, you know, I'll, I'll, I, I've thought about it, but there's really nothing very interesting or dark about it. Like I can't figure out how, and I'm not connected to suicide. Mm. If I was, if I did attempt suicide, mm. then maybe I can bring in my ties. Well, it looks like you got your next project. Yep, that's it. <laughs> yeah, there'll be something to look forward to. No. Well, um, I do have a joke about suicide. Um, have you ever thought about suicide? No. No. You're not the type. No. Ariel? Thought about? Sure. Oh, yeah. All the time. I mean, it's just nice to know it's an option. Right, right, right. I think about it a lot. You do? Yeah, but not in a serious way. Not in a way where I would do it, but I'm like, ugh. Wouldn't it be great if I wasn't here anymore? Like a lot of times, like, oh, yeah, a lot. Oh, my God, that's but that, awful. But that doesn't mean I want to kill myself. I just don't want to be here. Where like, do you want mind... to be? I'm not here. So that's just like, you know, I think about that. But I don't love that. 
Oh, really? Mm. Oh, no, no, I'm not going anywhere. Okay. Don't worry about it. I, I mean, I actually know a lot of people who killed themselves. Like I grew up, unfortunately, I wanted, I grew up surrounded by suicide, but that's a little bit hyperbolic. But I do know more people than probably one is want to know. Yeah. Why is that? Probably just my personality. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. One of my best friend's brothers killed himself when we were very, very young and he actually found him. So mm -hmm. that was like kind of, you know, and then I have an uncle who killed himself and my friend's father killed himself. I've been, I mean, the list goes on. It's, we got really dark, really fast. Yeah. That's fine. I, I don't know anybody who committed suicide. I mean, I don't like no one close to me. I know people like that that have done that, but mm -hmm. no one really close to me. Um, yeah. But there have been a lot of deaths that are crazy, like, you know. Well, your father's. Right, a building falling on. My grandfather was killed by lightning also. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, he was hit by lightning and he died, and which is very rare. You don't, first of all, it's very rare to get hit by lightning, but it's also very rare to die when you're hit by lightning. Really? Yeah. Most people survive that? Yeah. Huh. A lot of people apparently survive it. Where right? did he, where was he? He was in Egypt. Yeah. What was he doing in Egypt? Oh, my parents are from Egypt. Ah, yeah. are you a Jew from Egypt? I am a Jew from Egypt. Look at that. Yeah, I'm the only non-immigrant in my family. My parents are from Egypt and then uh, they moved to France. And then I have a brother and a sister born in France. And I have another brother born in Kenya. And then I am the American baby. And where were you born? In New York? Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Yeah. Because your father was in the Mossad, right? My father was in the work for the Israeli intelligence. What the fuck, Danny? Yeah. That's yeah. fucking cool yeah i mean fun. dark yeah 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 it's cool. fun stuff yeah yeah uh, um so it's such a crazy story that because he is who he is i thought he was fucking with me the first time he told <laughs> right. me this i know what what told about, you about your father, oh, about my father. yeah right well a lot of people hear this story go oh my god was he killed via terrorism i'm like no 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 there was a, a crack in the wall and he was closing up his store and it rained for a few days and it softened up the wall. It had nothing to do with Mossad. He had quit the Mossad. They didn't know who he was. He used to work in the Turkish mountains uh, trying to get Jews out of Syria via the Turkish mountains. That was his uh, specialty. Um, and it had nothing to do with that. He just happened to just get killed by a, a falling a facade, a building that just collapsed, which is very normal, by the way. In the in 1970s, there were buildings that were collapsing everywhere in mm. New York City. My sister-in-law's mom died that way. Oh. Um, a piece of a scaffolding fell off. Or not scaffolding. It was um, this, like a, a of gargoyle? A yeah. Uh, like, like yeah, a, yeah, like that kind of thing. Oh, my uh, God. We're in New York? In Times Square, yeah. In Times Square. It's crazy. A couple years ago. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I know that. I remember that story. Yeah. I yeah. remember that story, too. It's my sister-in-law's mom. Oh, my God. That's insane. Yeah. It was really wild. But it's like, yeah, it's it, the amount of things that can go wrong and can kill us it's amazing that they don't con you know like it's amazing right. that it's amazing we're here guys every day is yeah. a gift yeah. <laughs> <laughs> life is precious every day is a gift don't kill yourself yeah that's true i can't i mean that story is insane yeah yeah and that's the crazy part is that my mother went to get the car and then well tell the story i've heard it but no you know well she, so you know there was a little bit of a crack in the wall and so it was raining for three days and it softened the wall so back in those days in the 70s when you closed and he owned a, a retail store at that point he gave up you know working in the mossad he came in they opened up a retail store in brooklyn in queens corona in junction queens. boulevard okay. um 
And back in those days, when you close the gate of a front store, you would have to grab a stick, you grab the top mm-hmm. of the gate, and you slam it down. You didn't have a key that turned electronically. So he t- took the stick and he slammed it. When it slammed down, the entire it came down and and it killed him and it killed a, a mother and her child. Oh my God. A woman that was walking by with a baby carriage and they all got killed. Um, and how old were you? Uh, and I was five. My sister was 15 and my brother was 13. I had another brother eight. So my, my mother comes back with the car and, she, and there was a blockade and she's like, oh, there was a collapse. And she's like, oh, I'm here to pick up my husband. What store collapsed? And she, they told her it was the electronic store. She freaked out. She ran. She they taken him to the to the hospital. So she got back into car. What hospital? She went to the hospital on the way to the hospital. She got into a, a horrible car accident. Uh, there was a, six, a 16 car pile up like about over 20 people got killed. She ran. What? She ran out of the pile. It was insane. She ran out of the of this whatever 16 or 15 car pile up. She ran, she ran, she was like completely uh, full of blood. She hit her. It was crazy. She ran to the hospital to, to, to find her husband. And they were like, oh my God, were you in an accident? All, were you in the collapse also? She's like, no, no, no. I was in a car accident. I'm here to see my, my, my husband. Oh, he just died. And so there she is in, in the ER, uh, you know, full of blood uh, and just finding out that her husband is dead. How old was she? First of all, that story is so fucked up. Well, the second part of the story I just made up. Just like just now. <laughs> I it, dude. Man, you were telling it and I was like, Yeah, I, I, I wasn't I selling know. it. I I was <laughs> loving it too much. But I was, so, I was but, just like, but you can't I can't call bullshit. Yeah. On the Isn't that the best part of it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it was all true until the mother and the baby died. That's true. The mother and the baby did die. The mother and the baby. Because I was die. like, I've no. heard this story before and I've never heard the second part of this, right. including the mother and the baby. Are you sure that the mother and the baby true? definitely died? According to my uncle Simon, 23 people died in the in the facade. He, my uncle Simon's out of his mind. <laughs> I told this to my sister. My sister's like, "Oh, he's nuts!" No, daddy, a woman and her baby. That's all. Three people died, and um, so that's true. And then the rest is just. But she did get get the car, and then she just went to the hospital. Yeah, but she was out of your mind. How old was your mom at this point? 36, 35, 36. So young, like I said in the beginning. Yeah, thirty-five and left with four kids. Boom. Immigrant. Immigrant woman. She was an immigrant woman. <laughs> do you remember that day, or do you remember like the te- the retelling? I do it? remember a lot. No, I remember like the shiva. I remember having to go to my cousin Marilyn. I remember a lot of things, but uh, and then I remember talking. Uh, yeah, I remember a lot of it. A lot of it. And so, what did she do? Because was she, did she work like before? She turned you- into a different person. She turned. She wasn't she was no longer when you know when you lose your i i lost my father and i lost my mother because my mm-hmm. mother was no longer a mother that person mm-hmm. she had to become somebody else wow so i lost both parents really and this this mother who was used to be a mother and a homemaker was now the caretaker for the house and turned into a wild woman and a machine and she did a great job working her ass off and uh, sending us to the best camps and the best private schools and uh, taking care of uh, four kids just like that. She like just put on her boots. Wow. Put on her lipstick. Now I really want to read the script. 
And so should all of you. If any of you are out there in the biz. Unless, you know. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's wild. She's a wild woman. She's still a wild woman. Yeah, she won't wear a bra. No. Good for her. Yeah. None of us should be wearing bras. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, oh, she would love you to. Yeah. She what what did she say in the video? She said, I'm not gonna let anybody tell me what to wear. She's a very religious woman, also. She's a, an or she's very orthodox. Did you grow up orthodox or she became orthodox? She became I became more and more or we became more and more orthodox as uh, after dad died. Uh, she became more and more religious. Uh, but now she's very, very religious. And, but won't wear a bra. But won't Good. wear a bra. That's my look, I hate the winter in New York. The only saving grace, I don't wear bras in the winter. Um, because it's like, I'm already so layered up. Yeah. There's no way you'll know. Right. I have to wear a bra now after, because my boobs are big. So I have to wear a bra. It's not comfortable. But when, before I had Ari and my boobs were smaller, I was vehemently opposed to wearing a bra. I actually, it just occurred to me that this conversation is a really good segue. And I'm really interested to hear what both of you think. Um, cause we're talking about religion and how your mom, I mean, is, a lot of contradictions there. And so I made a comment on the last show and I got, I'm going to say hate mail, but it wasn't really hate <laughs> mail. It was actually a nice um, message from one of our longtime listeners. Um, Nicole, I don't know if you remember this, but I said that um, Mormonism was a sinister and fucked up religion, apparently. And I will add to that, that my first book is all about Mormonism because my best friend is a former Mormon missionary. And one time she had to go to the bishop and report to how she had been fingered because that was, you know, a sin or like something. consensually fingered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not allowed to do that. Anyway, um, the it wasn't a nice thing. It was disappointing that I said that because it sounded like I was um, saying that you couldn't be a good person and religious at the same time. Um, mm. And what I said in report response to this and I'm interested into what you guys have to say and I said there there's no doubt that there are lots of good Mormons and former Mormons but that um the Latter-day Saints official position however for example on being gay or what happens if you veer from their prescribed ideas regarding premarital sex are highly disturbing and that um if that it's complicated because if you're not speaking out against these things and this isn't just to mormonism it's also to orthodox judaism and everything else that if you're not speaking out against it you're complicit in it um so uh, uh, that's what they say that's what the no that's what i'm saying right. i'm saying that it's complicated to it's like sure are there good uh, orthodox jews and mormons and christians oh, i'm sure of course yeah, right but kid. yeah i mean it depends on where you're standing in life i mean i know that you're atheist and you don't believe in god that's right? not true you okay. always say that to me because you, okay so you're not atheist i'm not an atheist because when we were introduced the first time i met periel it was via an argument and she that's a good way to meet periel <laughs> yeah and we got into this thing well noam said oh you have to meet danny cohen you'll love him and then I was talking to a friend of mine and she was sitting back to back with me talking to her friend and she was, I guess, eavesdropping. And she, <laughs> and then turns back to me, she goes, excuse me, I, I mean, can I ask you a question? Is Did you just say da 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 da? And I was like, well, yeah. Tell, goes, tell, tell Ariel. I, oh, I was in conversion therapy. I went to conversion therapy when I was 39 years old. Not when I was 18, 
It was a it's a whole story. 39. Did you go voluntarily? Yes, exactly. Thank you. Great question. Nobody ever asked that question. <laughs> and that is the best question you can ask because when you hear conversion therapy, you think of a 17 or 18 year old that's forced to go there because of their parents. And then you're like, 39? Who forced a 39 year old to go to conversion therapy? Nobody forced me. I just said, let me see what this is all about. Did it work? I was there for almost three years. Three years, Danny. Yeah, yeah for three years and almost like strict? two and a half years, really. I'm going to be like, it wasn't more than two and a half, but it felt like three. I was trick. I was still there for like. Three. Is it like it was it um, an inpatient thing or did you like go about your normal life? Yeah. And then like go to. This yeah, no, it wasn't inpatient. Um, there were weekend getaways. <laughs> there were I know crazy. Uh, there were like group. There was group therapy once a week and then there was private once a week. And With who, who, who's qualified to run these? They were Mormons. Oh, for the love of God, you Mormons. are kidding. You never uh, told me that. Yeah, it was run by and Arthur Goldberg. Arthur Goldberg and a bunch of Mormons. Did you fuck a bunch of people? Seems like a great place to meet guys. <laughs> yeah, yes and no, not real. I mean, yes, not really. I know, not, I mean, you know, I guess some people oh. did, but I don't think, I mean, the younger people probably did, but. Um, I think that I was in the older group. So when I got there, they said, look, you're a weird person because you're 39 and, and you're single. And the only single people we have are 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds. And I'm not seven. I don't know how but they were young, you know, like in early 20s. And they're like, I don't know if you want to be in that group or we can put you in the married group where people are like in, the, in their 30s, 40s and 50s. I'm like, look, uh, I don't know if I want, I don't agree with the younger group. I don't know if they should really be here because they're probably here because of their parents and they're confused. And I don't want to be in that group for sure, because there's a lot of shit going on there that I don't, I was already there. And all they want is boyfriends and they want to just go dancing. You know, and they, that's all they want. So I'm like, I'm not, in, let's go. I want to be with the married guys. Cause I, it's also more interesting. I, I wanted to also understand their perspective like what you just woke up one day and then you're gay like i don't understand like no. what happened you had like these people had like seven kids yeah but no that's not what happened they've always been gay but they've been brainwashed oh no so i heard all those stories so some didn't think they were gay denial they were in denial they didn't had no idea that they were gay because it, but everybody had been religious in some way no there was, well, there was a priest. There were two Hasidic guys. So no, but there was a priest and two Hasidic guys. Yeah. And then there was this <laughs> guy from France. I don't know what he was. Okay. He was just European. Guy. Yeah, he was European. <laughs> he, he owned that notebook kids. company. Yeah, he was. And he was like just this gay guy from France. Okay. And he was married and had three or four kids. I think three kids. And he just didn't want to be gay. He just wanted to stay with his wife and raise his kids. And he wanted that structure. He wanted that. Mm. He wanted that for his kids. I don't, he wasn't religious. So he didn't come from it from a religious perspective. He just wanted it for his kids. I don't know. I didn't, I never understood his perspective. Okay. What, what did you want? Like what, like what? So at the time I had become a religious Jew at okay. 39. So I became religious and then, um, and then I just told my family that I was, sort of observing again like you know whatever just you know as a matter of fact and then my brother who's a rabbi an orthodox rabbi said oh so are you dating i'm like um no i'm not dating and they're like oh yeah you know now you should start dating because you're almost 40 and this is it you have like this is 
I'm like dating I, men or women, dating women. They wanted me to get married and have kids. Like that's part of Judaism. Judaism is structured around the family, around or heterosexuality, or, uh, orthodox Judaism, because there's other sex in yes, Judaism yes, that you right, can right, be gay to, and right, married. Torah, Torah and Judaism, right, 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 right. Orthodox Judaism. Yeah. But wait, you you had been out to them before this as gay. Yes, but my mother. She always forgets that I'm gay. Like she'll always <laughs> forgets. Forget she does. She just doesn't remember. She doesn't. She refuses to. She goes, oh yeah. So and she always like just uh, this summer I go visit her. She lives in Israel. My whole family lives in Israel. So I visit them and they, you know, and they're just total denial. Um, now that my mom is still in denial, but my brothers, I know my brothers were never in denial, and my sister was never in denial. But my mother, yeah, she refuses to acknowledge that it that you know that it's a, a thing, that it's real. So, um, yeah. So how do we get to, to, to this place? I, I was read 39. That you went, and so then you went to- So you became religious. Right. They asked if you were dating because you have to get married. And then and then how did that lead to you deciding to go to conversion therapy? Oh, so then my brother's like, oh, let me send you this um, this website. Uh, it, it, it helped a couple of people that I know. I'm like, okay, whatever. I looked at it. I'm like, okay, I'll, let me let me go. So I went and I went for an interview, and that's when they told me, you know, what group do you want to be in? I'm like, okay, that group. And then I, I like two and a half years later, and then I was. In, but why did I? Why was they talking about being in a conversion therapy group? I forgot why. Who cares? This is <laughs> yeah, fascinating. Right? There was a it's like it led to this. Yes. I wouldn't have said that. No, no, no. I think. Oh, that's what the argument. That's how we met. Oh, that's right. That's so, right. And she's like, that's homophobic. I find your conversation homophobic. I'm I was like, like, that's horrible. That's so fucked up. Conversion therapy is awful. Like, that's not a thing. That's not right. real. You can't do that. And he said, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, I, said, I have a right to do whatever <laughs> I want. Sure. Right. That's Just fair. like, right. So I said, so, so you can't tell me that it's, it's, it's this or that. That's a horrible thing. It's like, it's like, it's like saying no, you I can't get an abortion. No, it's not like that at Why? all. Why? Because. Most of conversion, first of all, conversion therapy isn't real. Like that's not a thing. It is real. I mean, it, I mean, it's it not. Is you can't convert somebody from being gay into being straight. It worked for a couple of people. Who I would like in, in the group that I was in, and and, it, and, and they're still and not, not gay. Even a, it's not even a matter of working or not working. It's a matter of trying to figure out how to make it work. So. But you know, because being gay thing. is inherently "quote unquote" bad, that that's right. If you're that, see, that's why. So if you're a religion, if you're a religious person, I understand you're following divine law. I understand no. the idea. Yeah. No. Why are you arguing? Why are you saying no? Because it's made up. It's that's, a patriarchal, see, that, heterosexual. That's your, that's your opinion. It's. I don't it's, think it's, it's my your opinion. opinion. Yeah, I no. mean, it's my opinion also. There but... are millions of Orthodox Jews that will tell you that Torah is divine law. You know what else? There is the highest suicide rate in Orthodox Judaism for young gay men because their parents sit shiva for them when they come out. So, you know, we could talk about that also. That's like also fucked up. Is there, is it real? Is there really yeah. the highest suicide yeah, rate? Yeah, that's the highest suicide rate to tie it all together in a nice big bow. Wow. Yeah, it's not it's not an easy thing. It's not, you know, religion religion is not an easy thing. It's not. It's very difficult. And you can't just tell young boys that they're, you know, 
inhabited by the devil or God knows what they're telling them. And you have to go to conversion therapy. I'm not saying that the Jews or the Mormons do that specifically. Everybody calm uh, down. I mean, they don't say that, but they'll say that it's not allowed. It's not permitted. It's not allowed. Well, any religion has an extreme sect, right? And and those are man, it's so complicated. It's one of those things of like my husband and I, we get so annoyed with like Hasidic Jews. Mm. It's one of those things where it's like, there's something like visceral about the reaction that I have when I see a Hasidic Jew, because I also, I grew up in Kentucky. I grew up around very few Jews. And I remember when I moved to New York and I would see a Hasidic Jew, I got excited because I was like, oh my gosh, my people. And then realizing like, they don't see me as Jewish um, at all. And it's this thing of like, but they're the most visible of us. Right. right. They're, well, they're, they're still so, wearing the guard. They're, they're so right. obviously right. Jewish. Right. And there's something about. Is that true that the Hasidics don't see us as Jewish? Mm-mm. Correct. They're not cultured. So they don't know that there are other Jews. They only know about themselves. They don't know anything that's going on outside their bubble. They have no idea. They don't know what a Sephardic Jew is. But they also they also only see they see their way as the right way. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you are not constantly reading Torah and interpreting Torah, then you are not Jewish. And, we're and if we're about- not constantly talking about Judaism, this would not be live from the table. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and also, uh, we're talking about the majority of the people. We're not talking about all the people. Right. people like, oh, they, oh, right, all of right, them. Right. We're always talking about uh, a large, the, the, uh, the larger. I'm Sephardic too, by the way. Oh yeah. Hey, bud. (laughs) Where are your parents from? Well, I'm half Sephardic. My mom is like Eastern European, like we can, we know, blah blah blah. But my dad is Spanish, Greek. Oh, and how did they wind up in Kentucky? Uh, so my parents are both from New Jersey originally, and then they lived in New York City, and then they lived in San Francisco. Well, they also lived in a van for a few months, traveling around. They were hippies. And then my dad is an English professor, so he That's got right. a job at Eastern Kentucky University. Wow. And uh, that was when I was, I don't know, three, four weeks old. And are they so excited about the beer can? They're so excited. They were So they were on vacation, and I had to, um, I wasn't going to tell them until after they got back, because I didn't want them to worry. Oh. And then I, and then when the video started going viral, I was like, oh, I have to tell them. <laughs> So I texted them of like, hey, guys, um, hope you're having a great time in Charleston. Um, I just want to let you know I'm fine. But there's a video of me going pretty viral. And uh, I just wanted you to know in case I just wanted you to hear it from me. And then I my mom that you won't be hearing from me any longer. (laughs) And then my mom was like, send me the video. So I sent it to her and then they were like, we're so proud of you. Yeah, Um, they they like went to dinner that night and like told the waitress they were like, you should look up our daughter. <laughs> that's, that's so very sweet. Yeah, I love that. Uh, that's awesome. I love that. That's so great. Okay. Is there anything else you um, want to talk about? No. No? Um, no. You know, autumn is here. And, uh, and that's... Uh, and Sukkot is upon us. Yeah. And uh, what we're uh, headed into uh, a beautiful autumn season. I feel like great things that. are coming. Yeah. Danny, yeah. are you so religious? I am religious. I am, but I fall off the wagon a lot. But I consider myself an Orthodox Jew that just can't keep up with the rest of them. 
Maybe they can't keep, maybe they <laughs> haven't just, caught up to you yet. Did you ever consider that? Maybe all no, of that? <laughs> no, never, I, I don't think I'll ever consider that. No. Well, I, will yeah. you work on Friday night? No, I don't work on. Show. You don't put a veil, a veils in for Friday night. I don't. Wow. You don't. No, I never do, and I don't. And then I tell Esty, and if Esty's listening, I on Saturday night I'm like after eight o'clock or after nine o'clock or after ten o'clock. But now Shabbat's over at seven o'clock or six fifty. So, so now I just now I just do Saturday night. So I just say Saturday night now. Like last week's veil was just Saturday night, Sunday, whatever. But uh, I you, didn't know you, that that you don't work on Friday night. Right. That's that's one. Of the, that's why I wait tables because I don't can't do the road. So I wait tables, wow. and I, that's why I don't develop, and that's why I'm 54 <laughs> years old, and still like, hey, you want some milk with that or cream with your coffee? Are you like vehemently against them ending daylight saving time? Because if that happens, then the winter it gets dark later again oh uh so then what the does it like the idea is that we'll just stay on daylight saving time forever and we won't go back to standard time so right now in the winter when we go back to standard time it gets dark at like 4 30 but, that's but without early. it it's 5 30 yeah no that's fine. okay it doesn't matter are you shomer nagia no okay no not at all which for everybody out yeah. there means that you're not allowed to touch somebody of the opposite right. sex, quote unquote. A man opposite. is not allowed to touch a woman, but a woman is allowed to touch a man. Really? Yes. I didn't oh, know that. God, it's so enraging. Women are allowed to touch men? Yes. Why? 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 Because it's not their sin. It's oh. a man's sin. You're not wasting. You don't have any seeds. I have a lot of seeds. Okay? No, you don't. You have eggs. <laughs> you can waste all your eggs you want. You can, no, you can't wait. Wasting seed is a sin. No, it's so does not. that mean they're not allowed to? I'm just, not I'm, tell, I'm not. I'm just a messenger. It's I didn't write the law. True. I didn't write the law. Okay, I'm just telling you, fine. this is Torah law. You can either be educated and know the law, or pretend it doesn't exist. That's what she does. You can also time. say that the law was made up. You could. Okay. Yeah, but the law was written by a bunch of guys with syphilis. Maybe. Amazing. I, I don't think so. I think it's divine law, like every other Orthodox Jew. No. Okay. And that's where we there's the fork in the road right there, baby. <laughs> that's the fork in the road. All right. Um, I'm I'm pro wasting seed. <laughs> oh yeah, waste it all, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Where can everybody find you guys? Uh, Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> Wasting that seed, yeah. but not on Shabbat. Yeah. Um. Whatever. Just on you know Danny Cohen comedy on Insta. That's and Insta the, Live also. Insta Live. I'm always live. So if you if you like what you heard, then you'll probably like my lives. And if you didn't like anything I said, then just don't follow me. <laughs> You're fascinating. He is. He's the most fascinating. Really? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Also, you look like Dustin Hoffman. I'm sure you get that a lot. What about you, Ariel? Um, you can find me at Ariel underscore comedy on everything. Uh, it's A R I E L. And Kimmel. And, and I'll Kimmel. be on Kimmel on Monday. I'm doing Kimmel on Monday. That's so That's exciting. Crazy. I'm doing Kimmel. Are you ready? So yeah, you're so ready. You've ready. Been, you've been ready. I've been ready. I'm very ready. Oh yeah, it's gonna be great. I think so. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. I'm okay. so excited. Mazel tov. And where can we find you, Periel? At Periel Ashenbrand. Um, and you can write in and voice your complaints or suggestions at info at <laughs> what is that? What's our email address? Don't ask me. Oh, I don't know. You can you can DM me. I'll pass your complaints along. Info at 
podcast at comedycellar.com. I think, sorry, this is usually not my gig. You know, Paradise was a lot of fun. It was fun. Thank you guys for so much for doing it. And Nicole, thank you, our audio engineer. Thanks, Nicole. Anytime. Or as Dan likes to call her, what does he call you? Our uh... five different nicknames that have stuff to do with audio. It's like the denizen of decibels or what something. <laughs> All right, whatever. Bye, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>